previously on Heritage. And the process repeats itself over and over and over again. And then finally, you can just see the, this, the beginning sprouts coming out of the clay on his hands of these green blades of grass. Then this vision disintegrates and reforms back around Chunk, only this time he is back in the overjet making food, unaware of what Kylie just witnessed. Like, look at you and look at Sela and I, I, look, maybe my dad's not a bad guy, okay? I just haven't seen him in a while and maybe if he had, like, just some time to, like, not be... I don't know, he's gotta be okay, right? He can't be like that bad. So I just, I don't know, I I, I just wanna get him like out of there, you know? I don't want him to be here when all that happens. It's Mr. America's symbol. He's just like, kinda got his hand on it, tracing the outline. And he's just, he's just thinking of his grandpa. Kinda talking to him a little bit in his head. After a couple seconds, he, he nods, he slams the locker door, and he turns, faces the camera, and he's got such a determined look on his face. Um, hey, I have a question for you, Cameron. What's up? Do you remember when we were in that lab, um, running away from those bad people, and I met that alien, and I pulled that thing out of his mouth? Yes, I do. see this building people going about their day unaware of the threat outside off on the shoreline we see the Omega Guardians and Sela. what are you all doing I think Calvin's way of drying off is just turning into Kelvin for just a split second Ooh. so he just goes like he just goes Oh, hey, Kevin, do you need me? Oh, and then, nope, don't need you. I just had to dry off for a second there. Um, so, so, do we need to go in there? Yeah. Yes, we do. Um, you guys ready? Do you, um, do you want me to come with you? Or did you want me to stay here? I'm not sure. Listen, you're, you're going to come with us. Um, like I said before, you only get one chance here. Chunk trusts you. Kelvin seems to trust you. And I don't, but you've got a lot of information that we need, and uh, I trust them. But that's don't don't try anything stupid in there. But you stick with us. I don't want to. I don't want to let you out of my sights. Adam, will you roll either comfort or support or pierce the mask? They're both my team. Yeah, they just operate a little differently. That's a fail. Okay, I'll come with you and I'll show you. Um, so there are two ways that we could go in here. Really? Um, if you want, the quicker route would just be that we kind of go through the front door. And I mean, we could sneak around. It's not like we're just going to walk in, but um, there's also just a, a slower route, I guess, that kind of leads into the, the basement of the building. Um, we just kind of have to go through some tunnels and stuff, so it would take a little bit longer. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, if we if it's safer to go through the tunnels, I don't mind that it takes a bit longer. It helps, uh, helps when reinforcements come. They, they might, you know give them the time they need to get here. Yeah, it's a good point. We're not going to split up this time, right? I hope not. Yeah, me too. I'd rather not be left here alone. Yeah, I I feel like if we're really this outnumbered, we'd have to stick together, right? And we definitely don't want to get caught, so 
I think tunnel sounds great. All right. Okay. Just follow me this way. And Sila begins walking more along the shoreline. You get a little bit closer to where there are some overhanging palm trees and you're sort of skirting along this building until you get to closer to sort of a, a midpoint. And there's actually a few points and times where you have to duck into some bushes because you see kids out uh, along the beach, just uh, not necessarily in groups, but you'll occasionally just see one going on a jog. You'll see two that are walking together and talking and that's all you kind of see until she says, come on, this way. And you make your way more into the jungle type area surrounding this building. And eventually she comes up to this grate that has some of these, um, until you see this pile of elephant leaves that are stacked up vertically and she moves them aside and you see this entryway. She's, this is just the way that, you know, when curfew set that some of us like to go out and just kind of, you know, sit on the beach and everything. Um, yeah, it's down this way, though. Can I ask a question real quick? Just to want to order or just to remember something. Doug's pierced the mask. Mm-hmm. The world of comfort support was a fail, right? Yeah. Uh, so this all seems way more normal than I was expecting. I don't know, I thought like we're going towards giant evil island, so there'd be like like a volcano or a lot of spikes. Um, you know, classic villain feel, but kind of seems like we're just on an island and there's a bunch of people here. Chunk, if you could feel what I'm feeling, this is not a normal place. This might look like some sort of paradise little cove but it's not I'm (laughs) Um. (laughs) he said it he said the words hey everybody I'm gonna fucking kill you now you You see Dewey just (laughs) deep sea firefighting (laughs) retcon as y'all are in the submarine he was down there saving the world um, <laughs> it's not a normal place. I feel so much just darkness around this area, just evil thoughts that I'm just already beginning to sense. This isn't a normal place, Chunk. We really should be on guard. I don't know what we're going to find here. Gotcha. Gotcha. And keep making your way forward. And this tunnel entryway, you quickly follow it up until you get to these concrete walls above you, below you, onto your side. And there are pipes lining the walls that almost look rusted, more from the ocean breeze that comes in. And you keep walking and you find a door. You open this door and instantly... It, it's that heavy door that will slam behind you, so you have to be a little careful with it. But immediately you just feel air conditioning. And you're just in... Calvin, for you, I would imagine, seems almost recognizable. These same sorts of just white walls that all it's all just one long hallway that's branching off and a few rooms and everything off to your side Kylie we definitely were in one of these things um I want to assess the situation alright give me a roll that's going to be 2d6 plus superior that's a 6 that's a failure team point do we have any Technically, yeah, you do have uh, three team points that you could use. Well, we could at least get it to a seven, right? Yes, it's not a fail. Okay. I don't want to fail. Yeah. Because a fail is not good. Not right now. So on a seven to nine, you get to ask one question. Uh, Hey, I'm going to ask you your favorite question. How can we best end this quickly? 
Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How can we just get this over with? Yeah. yeah. How, How can we stop this? playing this dumb game? Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Want to go watch the TV? I really hate this dumb game. It's so stupid. Um, <laughs> what was that voice? I don't really know. Uh, Eustace. Th- there, there will be another personality that can use that old ass voice. Time Vin. Yeah, there it is. There we go. Yeah. What here can I use to protect us? Dang, that's a good question. I like the what here can I use because that's direct interaction with the scene. Yeah. You, Calvin, so you begin just opening a few doors. You're looking in and it appears like these these rooms are pretty similar to yours. Although they seem a little bit more homey. Almost as if this is sort of a transitionary area. So you see that, you know, occasionally you'll walk into a room and it's not just a table where someone would lie. It looks more like a rather uncomfortable jail cell bed, but maybe there's a book or maybe there are some markings on the wall from pencils and paper that were given. A few thoughts jotted down, things like that. Nothing too tangible, nothing too reminiscent of the real world, but that's what you see. And as you get closer to the end of this, you see a room on your right, you open it and it's just lockers. And you pop one of these bad boys open and you see lab coats and you think, you think of high school. You think of how everyone at your school has a name. They're a person. You know about them. You know the way they dress. They're, oh, you know, that's Ryan, the goofy guy. Everybody has some sort of category. So if you just walked up in this area, you know that you'd be spotted instantly. But nobody knows all of the teacher's names. You only know the teacher's name that teaches you. So you think you might be able to use these clothes here to possibly slightly aid you in moving through this more efficiently. Okay. Guys. Hey, uh. Yeah. Who's up for a little role play? Oh, baby, I'm always down. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I do imagine that they're all, like, large lab coats, though. Yeah. So Chunk's lab coat is more like a a vest. (laughs) Yeah, more like a vest and... and, uh... I think everybody here you're all pretty tall so they fit maybe not so much they're not you're not as you're not filling them out as much but it's not like they're dragging on the floor or anything uh, calvin's definitely short so his is i've got to i gotta cuff mine up a little bit uh so i i i go guys uh we could uh you know and i hold the lab cups up maybe it blend us in a little bit more Nice. I mean, it'll be a little snug, but it's better than nothing. Oh yeah, that's a great find. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Just keep your head down and let let's let's get going. Chuck, Chuck. I think you look really handsome in that today. I just want you to know. And then I look and nod towards Sila. Oh, oh. Look, not look, not now. You know this. You, Chuck, you look kind of buff though. Just saying, like, yeah, like flex, Calvin. You know, a little bit. I'm, I'm sucking in my gut so much right now. I know it's. You look less like an egg. Chuck, you're turning still, purple. You need to breathe. I'm, I'm. I, this is a very tight lab coat. I'm just saying, you know, he looks great. No, Doug, don't, don't, Doug, don't worry, boy. Doug, Doug, no, 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 Doug, Doug, get in on this. You're whispering. What? Now we're just four people whispering right now. I know, I just... He looks great, doesn't he? Doug is moving down the hallway. Professor Doug, wait up. 
Doug, you hear that behind you and in front of you is a small set of stairs that leads up to a door. And you walk up and you open that door and you peer out and you are now in a hallway, ground level. You see there are windows that you can see the beach out of. And to your left is a long hallway where a few people mingle. And to your right is another hallway with more rooms leading off to the right and a singular person sitting on the floor with their face into a notebook. And I want to note here that I know that I've said the word school. This isn't so much like Xavier's, you know, school for the gifted or anything of that nature. This is more like a it's a weird mixture of a place where people live and it's more like a military base i guess i'll say um these these kids that are that are here are not necessarily going to school they're not going to classes there are places where they test and work on their powers and are observed and all of that but it's not you're not in school right now is basically what I want to get across. Um, which direction do you go, Doug? Uh, the room full of people, are they all in lab coats? What are they looking like? And what does that other person look like? Um, so to your left, the people that are out in this hallway, they look more like, just like kids, pretty much. Maybe four or five of them. It's kind of hard to tell because they're all just sort of cluttered around each other. Uh, just sort of talking, you know, you see a couple of them with wavering stances as they're just uh, just kind of having this social interaction. And the person to your right who just is looking down at this notebook uh, doesn't appear to be doing anything other than reading. He looks back to the group, sees Sela, and thinks that someone might recognize her. So... Although this person reading a book might be... Do they seem older? They seem younger. Um, okay. The kids to the group to the to your left all look to be about 17 to 19. And they're just a group of uh, boys and girls. This one singular girl uh, appears to be about 15. Okay. I think he's going to go down to the right. Uh, there's less people, less chance of being recognized. She's um, going to walk with comp with confidence confidence is key yes straight ahead here we go alright and the rest of the team comes out they see that you have turned down that direction they turn and they start walking with you and you keep walking we see Kylie her eyes are closed. She's still walking forward. She has one hand reached out, holding on to Calvin. Just to sort of guide her as she has her eyes closed and she's listening. And then her eyes open. And her other hand reaches out to Chunk. Very cautiously, slowly, where no one would notice. And she gives a slight tug on your undersized lab coat. Chunk, I'm going to buy you some time, but we need to keep everyone close together, so we won't be far behind. I can sense the star fuses. They're across the courtyard and below a different building, so we have to hurry. Good luck. And then she nods. She says, Doug, uh, up here, up here, we need to take another right and go up this set of stairs. Oh, okay. You got like some sort of reading or something? I was just reading Sela's mind, and that's what she was thinking. Okay, let's go. And I do that. And we see at the back of the group, Sela give a confused expression, and you start up the stairs. 
I guess if Sila's making like kind of like a weird face, I'm gonna look over to her and just kind of like give her like the the shush, but not like a, an aggressive shush, like a really like kind of like, hey, please don't blow this for me. I'm sorry, shush. She she looks even more confused. I I want you to roll pierce the mask. It's 2d6 plus mundane, and I want you to do it at disadvantage. Oh gosh, what's that mean? You roll 3d6 and take the lower two. Okay, so 5, 6, 7 plus mundane is 6. That's a failure. Mm Mm-hmm. You show that to Sila, and she looks like she's a... She makes... A very notable facial expression but you just don't even think about it because you think of what Kylie just signaled to you and you turn forward and you are now too focused on looking forward for your father that you weren't looking behind you at Sila. gotcha I like that You three are walking forward down this corridor. Chunk, you hear in your head, Okay, I think I feel him. I think he's one floor up, but he's in a room, and it seems like maybe there's, I think, four other guys, four other people in there. What do you, what's the plan? What are we doing? I'm a. I, I don't know. I'm gonna try to go. If if you guys are not continuing to go upstairs, I'm gonna try to see if I can. And I know st- Chunk's built for stealth, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> so I guess I'd say in my head, like, I I'm gonna try to go upstairs. Should we go with you? Are we all going up there? What? No, I don't want anyone else to be in that room. Great, I'll try and just misdirect him as long as I can, but you gotta be fast. I'll, I'll keep moving straight, and if I take a turn, I'll talk to you, I'll let you know, okay? Just keep an open mind. I'm just gonna go upstairs, and you just keep going, and if there's... Uh, you can you can fill my spot in the group. So I'll just go upstairs, and I'll catch up with you guys. And... We see this frontward view of the Omega Guardians strutting forward, and then Chunk dashes off to the left, quietly up another set of stairs by himself with Doug in the front, walking resolute. And Kylie holding her left arm up to her elbow in a nervous stance, and Sela looking hurt. Calvin, what are you doing? What's going through your mind? How are you looking? I'm right on Doug's hip. I feel like throughout the past six months, Doug and I have obviously we started off on a really rocky friendship. But Dude, there's no stronger duo in the world than the element in Mr. America. The way I see it. In terms of pure power, nobody brings the heat like us. And I think Calvin is riding high on Doug's confidence. And so I think I'm just sort of zoned in with him in this centralized focus. You know, obviously joking here and there because that's what Calvin's personality is. But in terms of like execution, you better believe Doug and and Calvin are going to be ready when the bell tolls. Because I don't see, I didn't see Chunk leave, right? No. If you're right up front with Doug, no. You hear Kylie say, 
I'm sensing this place out, and I need a minute. I need some time to sort through everything going on here because there's a lot. Let's just stick here for a little bit while I try to make sense of everything around us. I'm feeling a lot of power across the courtyard, but there's a lot of people between here and there. And we see Chunk. When Chunk walks up the stairs, how are you walking? Are you tentatively or are you skipping every fourth step? What's Chunk doing? Chunk's probably skipping every fourth step. Like he's trying to as quietly, but as quickly as he can make his way up the staircase, which I know he's going more for speed than quiet. But when he gets to the top, he'll definitely like kind of make like the face and go back to trying to be stealthy. All right. You hear Kylie's voice just echoing what she had told you as you had started to walk up the stairs and separate from everyone. Okay, when you get up there, three... I can't say three doors down without thinking of that stupid band. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Two doors down. (laughs) About five rooms down on the left. You're going to be able to see it. It seems like a much larger room than every other room that's up there. Uh, But that's where he is. Just be careful because there's three other people in there with him. All right? I don't... And then you hear her attention focus elsewhere. Just like she goes silent. What do you do? I guess Chunk's just kind of walking to this door and he's just kind of getting himself psyched up. Um, my, my, I guess Chunk's assumption is that he's gonna just try to get in this room and and do as much damage as he can to everyone but his dad and then see if he can just get his dad out of here or at least convince his dad to leave as Chunk walks up to this door you know he finishes a nervous churro and he's kind of just right outside the door and he's like okay 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 and he takes a dig- deep breath, and I guess I'm just going to open the door and directly engage a threat? Question mark. Or, or at least, like, scan around and see what would be the threat to engage, or if there even appears to be a threat. Ooh. I think that would be... Let's... Let's do... Assess the situation. And we'll see how this goes. What stat's that? That is your superior... Oh great. Uh that's a That's a fiver. That's a failure. Mm-hmm. Have we had any successes? <laughs> I don't think it's not this mission. Yeah. Been a lot of failures, y'all. It's balancing out that whole Dampier fight. <sighs> right now I'm everything but afraid. Oh my gosh. How do- Oh no! How did oh, you no. fail this... so much? Didn't we clear from the last thing? Wait, did we clear or no? No. Um, no. I think you might have cleared a condition. I think just having the conversation with Kylie. I think it's something like, um, and I never think to do this. No, here's the thing, though. I already secretly counted that as clearing hopeless. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. So I just remarked hopeless. Okay. Um, All right. All right. Look, don't you look, don't you even worry about it, okay? Okay. So yeah, Chunk just swings this door open, and what does he see? Like big old arm on the door, just poof. You see rain and darkness. As you think back to being outside of Trent's house holding a wrench in your hand as your father turned and walked away because you see that face right in front of you. And then to his left, you see a bald man with a finely trimmed beard. And on either side of them, you see two villains you recognize because you see Akami and Anime Gus. And all four turn and look at you. 
And then we see Kylie who was talking to Chunk in their mind, but then they're taken, Kylie's attention is taken away as Sila goes, it doesn't make any sense. You're liars just like the rest of them. And she just stops. She's not walking with you anymore. What What are you talking about? I don't understand. I thought you were good guys, but already I'm seeing y'all lie. Chunk looked at me. Kylie, why? Why did you say that I told you that? What's going what, on? What? What is going on? What? Where's Chunk? I would like to assess the situation by uh, using my telepathy to see if I can sense the star fuses because Kylie had said they're so powerful they're hard to miss I'd imagine even uh, you know if I'm not a powerful psychic I'd be able to sense them too yeah uh, this would actually be unleash your powers okay that is uh, uh, 10 <laughs> ah, nice <laughs> Bro, you got me, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think when she says that, and all this light, and then I just look around, and I'm just maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I'm just like, well, I feel like I should be able to feel this stuff. And he just closes his eyes, just put like maybe you even see just a little pulse from him, but he, he tries to extend out his his telepathy, his psychic powers. Yeah, you extend that, and immediately you feel. The star fuses, not too far off and down below, but you feel them. You definitely feel them, but it's almost hard to even feel them because of how drowned out they are by the feelings that are immediately near you. You feel behind you and to your right. You feel Kylie and she feels terrified. And I think with this role, you hear in her mind that she is terrified of you. You feel Calvin's confusion. You feel Sila, who feels conflicted. You're not sure. She just feels like a swirl. It's unpredictable. You're not sure. It just keeps flipping. And then beyond you, you feel more energy up above you. You feel chunks energy chunks presence you notice chunk is not there right next to you i think he looks around he feels that and he just looks at kylie he says what did you do and then he blasts off through the floor up to chunk kylie looks at calvin and looks furious what did i do Kylie, what, what's going on? She turns and she starts blasting off towards Doug. Hey, Sila. Oh. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> or no, wait. Calvin asks Sila if she wants to go. Better yet, because who am I to dictate where your characters go? She was standing there and she wasn't following you but then you stop at the stairs you turn around and you ask her and she looks up at you and then she nods and she walks to catch up behind you Zila Zila you can trust me you are all already lying just like everyone else does here just like everyone else what am I in the real world what am I does lying about Zila what am I lying about? Tell me. You haven't lied, but Kylie lied? Exactly. Exactly. Chunk lied? So right now, I'm not worried about anybody else, Sila. We have friends that are in trouble. And yes, there's ups and downs. There's bad and good. And every single one of us, I promise you. But you can trust me. Just follow my lead. In... In Masked with Conditions, there are things that you clear narratively. So something like this, I think that this would clear a condition that you would have because you're sort of okay, like opening cool. up and uh, helping to like communicate with somebody, you know. I'm going to clear hopeless. 
Dang. Yeah, that seems really appropriate with that conversation. Um, and I've only got one condition right now, so I'm doing okay. Ooh. Do you think I would have cleared angry by hurting Kylie emotionally? Or maybe insecure for taking a foolhearted action without talking to my team. By oh yeah, there's the that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be. Um, same for Chunk, honestly. Uh, yeah, Chunk, if you had insecure, clear that for what you Ooh, for what you good. did. Good. This is good. Okay, we're finally playing the game, y'all. Did, um, yes. It only took us two. <laughs> the end seasons. of season two. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next, maybe season three, we'll pay attention to influence. Uh, yes, yeah. Because I haven't. Chunk, you're seeing your dad, you're seeing that man and you're seeing the two villains who took the star fuse what do you what do you do because i know you said that you were going to walk in there and try and do an attack but you had a really bad role so i'm i'm just going to sum that up as you lost the element of surprise you walked into the room and you froze there what do you do when you unfreeze Man, this is so much tougher than I thought it was going to be. I I think what Chunk does, and maybe this is even why he froze, is because like maybe in the hallway, he had like pulled the the wrench out of this little snack pack compartment he has, so he's just like holding it, and he just like kind of drops it, and he just like sees his dad and is like. Dad, we gotta... Dad, we gotta get out of here. Will? The hell are you doing here, kid? You didn't expect me to come here? You didn't expect us to come here? No, how the hell did you find this place? Yes, we're exactly subtle. He looks to the bald man. I guess down here, I guess... I guess they took him out. I'm surprised. I thought the Dompier had this one. Yes, I was finding you to find out where he was so I could deliver the bad news. They managed to make their way out, but it seems that I might not have to deliver that news if they're here. Tell me, young William, are your friends here with you as well? I very much hope so. So I want to use my my moment of truth to to take over this little moment because because Chunk, like he's shocked and he was sitting there and he's thinking about all these things like this is my dad and there's that that you think about it so much like how's it gonna go what are you gonna say what emotions are you gonna have I I I'm very aware of you know, this is my father and he's a villain and he's here with villains and everything else is going on and I don't really have time for this and this guy, it, it, I'm just so, I'm just so angry. It's it's just all these years of anger of where, you know, where my dad's been and now he's here and now I'm saving my dad when he's, and it's just so much. So as this bald guy is monologuing, the classic D&D trope, um, <laughs> and as he's kind of looking over, I just want this... I just rip this. I, I've I've chucked the snack pack off of my back and across the room, and it just smashes into him. And as the camera pans back over, you see Chunk, and Chunk just looks so angry. And he's gonna rush over, and I know the one villain had to do. He had like super speed. He was kind of like nin- very ninja-like and had poison. Um, and anime Gus was all about transforming into animals. So I imagine they're like kind of stunned, but they start doing their whole thing. And Chunk just, just rushes over and just, just bowls him over like nothing fancy. No, no, no slogans, no funny quips, just, 
just probably honestly uses so much force in dealing with all of this that he's more in like a skinny form. And then he's just going to look over at his dad. And he's going to say, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know why I came back for you because you never came back for me. But, but if you stay here, if, if, if you stay here right now, you're, you're probably dead. And I want to think that you're better than this, but I don't even know. But, but you just need to get out of here. Like now. This is your moment of truth. What does your dad do? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Essentially, you're just wanting to take your moment of truth to take everybody out. Except for your dad, correct? Mm-hmm. Tell me how you do that. So there's Akami and and then there's Anime Gus, the Animagus. And... and, and- I don't know, honestly, kind of, kind of like what I, there's nothing fancy to it. Kind of like what I said before during the description, I think how unfancy it is, how uncartoony it is, how unquippy it is, is just very uncharacteristic of Chuck. Because mm-hmm. usually Chunk's very um, and there's a joke, but Chunk just very similar to when he was fighting the technological girl and he thought that Calvin was hurt and he just punched to the point and punched so hard that he kind of lost some of his strength like I think I just walk up and just straight up hit anime Gus Mm -hmm. and I hit him so hard that you instantly see like my arm and my right leg like shrink and then my body catches up and the same hand that like swatted the one away just punches the girl away. And then I shrink even more. It's like a balloon quickly deflating. And then I walk up to my, or then I just turn over to my dad and I say to him, you know, everything I said before. What are you, what are you trying to get me to do, kid? What do you mean? You want me to, you want me to leave? You want me to just leave here? With you? I do you, don't... Do you have a plan? No. Do you think anything through? That's something you get through from your mother, I swear. That's and something I, I get from my that. father. Do you think anything through? I, 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 look, I'm here, okay? I showed back up to, to do this for you because you're probably going to get killed if you stay here. And... I... Don't know why I'm back, because I shouldn't be back, but you should just get out of here before everyone else shows up. Well, your friends. And he looks beside him and sees these three unconscious people. You really he's just gonna let me go? Really? It's no trick. They're not waiting out there right now. No. No, it just and he runs. And it... I think Chunk waits for a second. He he goes over to the door and he looks on the hallway and just sees him running and then he just I don't know, he just picks up this wrench and just kind of holds it and turns it over his hand and then just just like he just throws it. I don't know, he, he like kind of looks around like he's going to hit it against the ground and he doesn't and he just looks like he's going to like He's just looking around, like, angry, confused, and then he's just going to throw it into the wall and then try to catch up with everybody else, I guess.
Yeah, you turn the corner to go running for your friends and you see speeding towards you, Doug, and right behind him, Kylie. Chunk, are you okay? What are you you doing? Chunk. Uh, Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Sorry, I got separated. And there's some guys in this room and I... (laughs) Obviously, I had to expend some energy, but I don't... I I don't know. One of them looked important or something. Uh, I look in the room. I see the three unconscious people. Um, Now, that bald guy, that's the guy from the portal thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would I recognize him? I wouldn't recognize him. I wonder if I would. No, you do. You Uh, recognize him from looking into the Dompier's mind. He was the man that spoke oh, to him. Oh, yeah. That's right. Chunk, that... That's the guy. That's... That's Felix. He's... He's the guy that's been sending people after us, trying to get you and, and Kelvin and Kylie. That's him. Oh, yeah. Well... I guess we got him. We should do whatever we should do now. Doug is going to go over to Felix and pick him up, like, by his neck and hold him up and then just slap him in the face to try to wake him up. Roll provoke someone, which is 2d6 plus superior. God damn it. That's a five. Flashback to the Gadgeteer's lab, deep under Overman Industries. We see Calvin, Chunk, Kylie, Doug, and Sela all get into the elevator, and the door shuts. Then the elevator moves up. The Gadgeteer surveys his surroundings. His lab in ruin, the star fuse missing, and on the floor is the Dompier. He puts out a call for an extraction on the Dompier as he walks his way over to the unconscious body. Looping his long arms under Ivan's shoulders, he begins dragging him across the floor to the elevator. Until something catches his eye. A small glint of something he hasn't seen in a long, long time. It is a microchip, fallen from Calvin's pocket when he flew through the portal. Dropping Ivan, he slowly makes his way over and picks it up from the ground, examining it, turning his neck as he turns it over. Methodically, he makes his way over to a workstation and places the chip into a device which lights up the screen in front of him. We see his face, or rather his mask, completely black with a darkened pair of goggles lit by the computer screen he is looking at as dozens of shapes of his original language flicker past. His large hand reaches up, grabbing the mask and pulling it off, revealing his face. Now, compared to the alien Calvin and Kylie saw when they were captured by Felix, the one who gave Calvin this microchip, the gadgeteer looks much older. His leathered skin is wrinkled, and dozens of these fly-like eyes continue to scan the message on the screen rapidly, taking in all of this information. And he gets a look of sadness, of aching. And he looks over on this desk to a photo, a photo of himself standing next to the original Mr. America. Doug's grandfather, who has his chest out, knuckles placed on his hips, a wide and proud stance. We watch as this image of Mr. America turns to stone, and the sounds of rain come in as we pull back and we see the gadgeteer is now outside, in a graveyard, 
looking up at a stone replica of Mr. America. The plaque underneath reads his birth and death date, with a phrase underneath it reading, husband, father, grandfather, and a hero to us all. The gadgeteer takes a step forward, looking at the statue's face before saying, You know, friend, it's only been a few months since you left, and already I find myself forgetting the particulars of your voice. Doug does well in your stead. I used to fear your words fell on deaf ears with him because of how resolute he became on absolute justice. I feared that would have led him down a dark path, but today I saw him soften from steel resolve back to the iron he is. For the iron curse, ironically, I wish you could have been here to see it all. You would have been proud, James. As you know, when I came to this planet, I was searching for something to destroy. But instead, I found a friend. You took down the barriers I had, and I opened myself to the thought of the world remaining. Already I find myself rebuilding those walls in my mind without your words beside me. I wish I could hear your voice one last time. Perhaps you would tell me what I should do. Tell me now if you can hear me and tell me by answering this. Should I tell Douglas what I just saw? Should I tell him what awaits at the end of it all?